Hello, I'm Zach. And I'm Andrew. We welcome you to the study pipe and invite you to delve into our conversations about cinema and tune into a wide range of intellectually stimulating topics. So sit back, light up your metaphorical study pipe, and let's dive into today's discussion. So what do we have on the menu this time, Andrew? Today we're going to be talking about sequels. <laughs> there are a Had lot some, of sequels. Uh, good, good, good time for uh, sequel news, right? Yeah, it's been a it's been a really busy week. So this week there's been the announcement of Beetlejuice two, Lord of War two, and Freaky Friday two, along with uh, some other big sequels that have been announced in the previous month. Ooh, I knew we were talking about Beetlejuice and Lord of War. I, I did not realize <laughs> we're talking about Freaky Friday too. Okay, it's a curveball. I told curve you. Also, <laughs> yeah, you said you're going to surprise me. That, that that's a pretty good surprise. I mean, I'll save, I guess, my reaction for when you tell me more about the sequel. But before we dive into any of them. What just gut reaction are you looking forward to the most? Uh, what am I looking for? Definitely Beetlejuice 2. <laughs> that's a that's a movie that's been in development hell for decades. I think originally it was supposed to be Beetlejuice Goes to Hawaii, directed by Tim Burton. That was supposed to come out like 30 years ago. So really? Beetlejuice Goes to Hawaii? <laughs> yeah, that was the original that's the original planned sequel by Tim Burton. Wow. I mean, he, he was going to have Nick Cage be Superman, so I guess it makes sense. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> can you just imagine that uh, that pasty Beetlejuice skin on a Hawaii beach? <laughs> no, I can't. That's that's why I just wonder how the story would have taken him there. <laughs> to Hawaii. Huh. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's not. It doesn't sound like it's going to be in Hawaii. Kind of what what's released. I, I wonder if it's actually going to take place in the same house that you know the first movie takes place in. So you know, first movie you have Winona Ryder. She's a, a teenager at that time, right? She is a moody teenager. She's in the home, um, in there with two recently deceased ghosts who are trying to haunt people out of their home, but she befriends them. You know, she meets Beetlejuice. They go on the adventure and all this and have to deal with his shenanigans and uh, ultimately prevail. And uh, I guess she lives in the home with them by the end of the movie is like the adopted daughter of these ghosts. Right. I mean, that that's where I left the story in my mind, at least. Yeah, exactly. And what's interesting is I don't see um, Alec Baldwin or uh, Gina Davis in the casting. I do see, uh, yeah. see Catherine O'Hara, yeah, who's uh, you know, a known writer's real mom in the movie. Um, and then we also see some interesting casting choices. We got Monica Bellucci, uh, who's going to be playing Beetlejuice's wife. Willem Dafoe, an unnamed character. Justin Thoreau, for, for, uh, for us Leftover fans out there, he's going to be in this as well. And you forgot, did you say Jenna Ortega? No, I was going to leave the most important part to you. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, Scream Queen herself, Jenna Ortega, as Lydia's daughter, which I think kind of gives you an idea of what the story may be about right there, you know? And I'd, I'd be interested in seeing them 
you know, do like a generational family kind of thing within that house. If, you know, she grew up in the house, it's hers. And, you know, she has her daughter being Jenna Ortega and then, you know, kind of raised her daughter to be, I don't know, comfortable with spirits or like that's the norm, you know? No, exactly. It'd be interesting. It could be, uh, it looks like we have three generations of that family, at least uh, coming in and out of the movie. I would love to see it in the same house. And I would love to see how Michael Keaton's going to reprise that role. Because that guy, he's just gotten better with age. Well, what's interesting too is, so, you know, Tim Burton's coming back to direct this. Obviously, Michael Keaton did Batman with Tim Burton, and he's coming back as Batman in the Flash movie. So, you know, we're kind of in this time period where Michael Keaton is reprising roles from, what, the 80s, the 90s time frame, you know? And he's coming back as Batman. Now he's coming back as um, Beetlejuice. This can be pretty wild. Yeah, the... It's going to be written. The first draft was written by Alfred Goff, who wrote all the episodes for the Wednesday show. And I love the Wednesday show. Oh, okay. I wonder if, you know, Jenna Ortega's in that show, of course. I wonder if that's how she got pulled into this. Dude, that, that would make sense. And she just seems perfectly made for, for Tim Burton, who, who's been in a dry spell for some time, but maybe this, this will uh, bring him back into a late career renaissance. Yeah, I mean it's been it's been what twenty nineteen Dumbo that was the last movie he did. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I never even saw Dumbo. I forgot that movie. Oh existed. man, I saw Dumbo. I thought I thought it was all right. I thought it was pretty decent. It, it wasn't the best movie or anything. But out of Disney's live action remakes, you know, which have been spotty to say the the least. And we've just talked about the little mermaid coming up, you know, but <laughs> yeah, Dumbo, I thought was one of the better live action remakes that they had done recently. So well, I'll have to um, check it out. I'll, I liked uh, Miss uh, Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children as well. Eh, eh, it was, eh, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big sucker for that kind of movie. You know, anything with like the, the magic kids going off to like some magic school vibe. The Harry yeah, Potter stuff. I, I respect that. I think the last movie he did that knocked my socks off made me feel like, nice, this is great. I'm happy I'm here watching a Tim Burton flick was Frank and Weenie. I mean, that, I didn't like oh, Dark yeah. Shadows before that, but Frank and Weenie was, I thought it was on point. I love, I love Frank and Weenie. Um, any Tim Burton stop motion is going to be on top of the, top of the food chain, you know? Yeah. I guess uh, if we go back to live action, it's got to be Sweeney Todd, right? Yeah, Alice in Wonderland was just all right. I mean, in terms of like a really good flick that, you know, you you, uh, you go home, t- tell your friends about, go check it out. I- I'd agree, Sweeney Todd. That's 2007, man. We're almost 20 years up. I know. It's time for him to return. Although I will I will say uh, Big Eyes was pretty good. That was more of a biopic. Yeah, I liked Big Eyes, but it was um, it wasn't one hundred percent Tim Burton. You know what I mean? Like this, this style that he has, this eccentric style, gothic kind of dark eccentric. You know, I think the last one of those was Sweeney Todd. There's hints oh, of yeah, that definitely. in Big Eyes. 
you know. No, oh, yeah, definitely. In Dark yeah. Shadows for sure, but that movie to me, it wasn't a good movie. I didn't like it. No, Miss Peregrine. I didn't even know that was a Tim Burton movie until after I saw it. Yeah. So I this I could be, I guess, a potential return to form. It could be. It, there's no reason he can't have another good years of a good twenty years of directing. We've seen so many directors after they turn sixties just start to put out great work and become more sure of themselves. It's definitely been like a fifteen year lull for this guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure some people who are listening may think this is like a deep black transgression saying such things about <laughs> Mr. Bruden. I'm sure there are people who have been, you know, shown up to every recent release and, and think they're great. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think to the to your point, the point I'm kind of dancing around, there's an aesthetic, there's a style that I attribute to Tim Burton that, that's his own, you know, and I think Beetlejuice too, maybe the first time we get that back in, in a long time. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I would say at least uh at least fifteen years. I mean Frank and Weenie one hundred percent. So we'll go back to ten years. Frank and Weenie Frank and Weenie was two thousand twelve, so that was eleven years ago now. Cause I think everyone here that's listening would agree that Big Eyes, Miss Peregrine, and Dumbo did not have that traditional Tim Burton style. Yeah, not that they were all bad films or anything. They're just not that classical Tim Burton. No, definitely not. I mean, Beetlejuice too. He's married in this one. He has a wife. How the I hell know. does that happen? <laughs> yeah, that I, I know. Happen? I'm really curious. He's uh, he's all domesticated now. Yeah, a domesticated Beetlejuice. What does that look like? What does that mean for the plot? You know, does that know, mean we we're going to, we're going to meet like a, a Luke Skywalker version of Beetlejuice too, you know, from the last Jedi hesitant, doesn't want to be involved, but you know, Lydia or her daughter, you know, pulls him back into the mix of things. Maybe, maybe that's the thing. Maybe, you know, Lydia's daughter knows of this Beetlejuice He's been hyped up and, you know, over many years or whatever. And then when there's this need in the story, she goes to, you know, recruit him. And she finds out like, what? This guy who's was like a sleazebag is now like a great husband who's like in love with, you know, his wife and is like the best husband. That would be kind of cool, actually. That'd be that'd be an interesting like twist on it. I feel like that's that's where they're going. I want and, and, uh, 50 bucks if I called that. <laughs> I, I want money if I called the plot of this movie correctly. You hear or that, the fans? premise, you, I should say. If he gets say. it right, you're going to have to donate $50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, let's make that bet. Let's do it. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Um, that would be cool, man. That'd be a, an interesting, like, you get to see the character in a completely different way. And I, obviously, as an audience member, you go into the movie thinking you know who Beetlejuice is. You saw the first one. You know what he's about. He's a rascal, if you want to put it, I think, lightly. Um, up to no good, dirty, rotten scoundrel. And then, you know, in the first 30 minutes, maybe they flip the whole thing on your head and say, no, nah, this isn't the one, you know, you left behind and at the end of the last movie this is a different beetlejuice this is <laughs> a beetlejuice that has gone soft but 
maybe is, you know, ready to dust off, um, you know, his cleats and get back out on the field <laughs> and, and get dirty with it, you know? Yeah, call to action, get back out into the game. You know, what's interesting about this is, uh, you know, I was looking over the cast and crew, and we, we kind of hit on this a little bit ago. It's just how much of the people that were involved with the the Wednesday TV show are involved with this. Because it's not just the writer. The writer who wrote the Beetlejuice uh, 2 script was the showrunner for Wednesday. And then, you know, obviously Tim Burton directed the first four episodes of that show. I uh, got Monica Belushi, uh, Jenna Ortega, it, and, you know, bringing back Danny Elfman. That's, uh, that's a, a lot of people coming back out for a round two, in my opinion. Yeah, that must indicate some, like like a show of faith in in the story, you know, and what they're trying to do. Yeah, and I thought I thought Wednesday was a great show. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I don't know that me being a thirty year old man was like the exact target audience for that, <laughs> but I liked it for what it was, for what it is. I think what was fun about it was that. I know my sister watched it. My parents watched it. It was like everyone I knew watched it. And it was fun to, you know, just kind of shoot the shit and talk to everyone I know about the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was in like, what was it? Her dance was like a huge thing. Like <laughs> yeah. I forgot TikTok about that. And Instagram. So people, it was on everyone's radar. People were talking about it. Um, yeah, it was cool. And, you know, I like Jenna Ortega. She killed it in the two recent Scream movies. Scream 6, I liked a lot. I, I like them taking it to New York. I like what the characters were up to in it. Um, a little repetitive maybe with, uh, you know, Scream 5. But um, she's been great, man. She's been in a good so, amount of horror flicks. She's established herself. And I'm, I'm interested to see how she brings, you know, her spin to this. So you know I'm not like the biggest horror movie person. <laughs> yeah, a little to squirmy. put it lightly. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching through my fingers. That's pretty much how it goes. Uh, for for Scream Six, was that? I mean, after watching the trailer, was that like an out in the open, like people being killed on the subway and stores and? Yeah, that's I mean, kinda... it was more. It took it. It took from like the you know the classic. It's kind of crazy to say the original three and it's kind of four because Wes Craven was still involved, but, you know, to say that they're classic films, but yeah, you know, in the other films, they really are more low key. You know, the killings are, are I don't want to say subtle, but you know, they're, they're out of, out of sight, kind of out of mind from the general public for the most part. And um, yeah, Scream 6 was like, you know, in a convenience store, attempted murder, and like on a subway, attempted murder, and so it was very much out and about. It was it was a good shift, which is almost scarier because if you if you aren't safe around other people, it's like you lose that blanket. Well, I mean, I think personally, it was a little bit scarier because you can see that happening in the current world we live in with all these mass shootings and stuff like that. It made it more real to like what society's like right now, you know, and that's obviously sad and kind of dark to say, but, um, is more representative of the times we live in, I think. And that, I mean, that's really the power of movies. So it's the ability to highlight the issues that are going on culturally at the time. 
good or bad, yeah. and uh, really put you in people's shoes, maybe uh, get a little empathy for the situation. Yeah, social commentary, man. You know. Yeah, I, mean, I know people don't like feeling preached at when they go to the movies, but that's always been my favorite part. Yeah, I mean, you convey messages to an audience that you find are important or valuable that you, know, you want to impart to someone, and they carry with themselves throughout their life and lives, and <laughs> maybe it, you know, shapes them to be a better person or think about things differently. But that's the power of storytelling overall, right? I mean, is you know, in in the evolution of our civilization and and species, it's the ability to take you know, essential pieces of information that are critical for your survival or for like social cohesion and package it in something that's entertaining, engaging, easy to remember. It increases your ability to function in society and survive. So, you know, that's like the, the core function of storytelling as I see it. And then, you know, you dress it up with superheroes or monsters or whatever. And, the underlying themes are the same, though. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's you just wrapped up exactly why I'm excited for Beetlejuice too. Ah, <laughs> uh, man can change. Man can change. Beetlejuice too. He can change. We're here for the social social commentary. Beetlejuice too. Yeah, <laughs> Tim Burton. Do it, Tim. Game. <laughs> yeah, do it, Tim. Bring it. And it has, you know, who it has. I think you said it, but Willem Dafoe, man, what is oh, he going to bring? <laughs> Dude, what are the all-time greats? That guy. All oh, time. man. You know what I'd love to see? And if I get this right, take that $50 up to $75, all right? I would love to see I'm him. I'm going to be in debt to you if he's going to be 2000 bucks by the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, right? You're paying right? my car payment for six yeah, months, Andrew. Exactly. Thank you. No, <laughs> I would love if he, like, come to find out he's, like, a mentor of Beetlejuice or like he taught him how to be Beetlejuice. So like maybe, maybe there's an initial pushback from Beetlejuice. Like, no, nah, I don't want to get involved in whatever you're doing, you know, Jenna Ortega. And then she's like, well, I'll go to your, like, I'll go to master Obi-Wan. You know what I mean? Like I'll go and, and go to the source. And then it's like <laughs> even worse. He's even worse than Beetlejuice was. <laughs> it would just get Will Defoe from, uh, the lighthouse, but all sleazy. <laughs> yeah, his character mixed with Beetlejuice in that accent too. In yeah. that accent. Oh man, oh, just you know, now that you got like my brain juices flowing, I'm just thinking about how many things that from that original movie that I'm excited to see with like modern CGI, like the sandworms. Oh yeah, man. Remember the sandworms from that? Oh yeah, talk about like a trippy movie, like <laughs> yeah. current with current technology. I mean, it's probably gonna blow our minds i'm so excited damn i knew that like i'd be interested but now as we talk about it <laughs> i feel like my hype is way greater like yeah, but, and now i'm building a story in my head you know so i'm like oh it would be cool <laughs> if they do this uh, well september 2024 so gotta wait a little bit to see if i'm right but it's not too far out. And I'm I see here they said production started actually yesterday on the eleventh. Oh nice. And the great thing about Tim Burton movies is that they always leak set pictures. So we'll be we'll start having an idea about what's going on with the story pretty soon. Ooh, I wonder if I should follow the spoilers or not. <laughs> oh. 
I will 100% be doing that because I have no patience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I think uh, I think 20 minutes on Beetlejuice 2 might be, uh, <laughs> might be a little enough. Yeah, let's, uh, let's I think, I about- think we uh, covered it sufficiently. <laughs> yeah, we, we, went, uh, we went from Beetlejuice 2 to the entirety of Tim Burton's catalog to Dumbo <laughs> to Scream. To talk about the social commentary of film. Rest in uh, peace, Wes Craven. Rest (laughs) in peace. Yeah, rest in peace, one of the greats. So let's talk about another sequel that's coming out that uh, is going to be rife with some social commentary. And that's going to be Lord of War II. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, the first one. I like the first one a lot. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do a recap of the first one. Uh, it's been a while. The first one came out in 2005. That's 18 years ago. It was directed by Andrew Nichol, who at the time was a top up and coming talent. He had written The Truman Show, he directed Gattaca. And Lord of War was a very divisive movie when it came out, at least with the critics and the general audience at the time. Since then, it's um, had a really big cult following. But at the time, it was a box office failure, it was not a hit. You know, but time heals all wounds. And 18 years later, it's one of the more beloved movies, has a cult following. And it's been lit up for a sequel with uh, Bill Skarsgård, who's going to be playing Nicolas Cage's son, Anton. Nicolas Cage will be reprising his role. And Andrew Nichols is going to be returning to direct. So there's going to be a, a lot of eyes on this one, especially with Nicolas Cage's late uh, career renaissance, so to speak. Yeah, I think you. You're right on. You nailed it. I mean, Nick Cage is, he's money right now, baby. And whether you like it or not, I'm all for Nick Cage and everything he's been doing lately. I dig it. And I'm excited to hear he's coming back. I didn't realize, you know, the first Lord of War was divisive, by you know, amongst the critics. I, I had watched it a couple of years after it came out. You know, I think I was like, about to graduate high school. So, you know, like five years after the movie had dropped and I was like, man, this is cool. This is great. And I don't know how long it took for that critical mass, you know, to hit for it to become cult. Maybe it was around that time. Maybe that's why I watched it, but I was for it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a good movie. You know, the, the camera shot on that bullet. You know, yeah. That's, that's right all there. I think about like, with that movie. That's a, <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, that's the opening, right? Yeah, that was yeah. the opening, that fall in the bullet. Yeah, so if anyone's listening, they haven't seen it, go check it out. Get geared up and ready. Get hyped for Nick Cage. But yeah, it was cool. And yeah, I like Bill Skarsgård too. You know, I'm a huge horror fan. That's my Pennywise. Um, I respect, you know, the TV movie and all that. But yeah, Bill Skarsgård, he, dude, he just killed it in Barbarian. You know, oh, he, yeah. killed it. he kills it in everything he does. So, He's, you know, to see him here with, you know, opposite Nick Cage going at it, it sounds like they're in the same business, but there's some bad blood, some Daniel uh, Plainview and, <laughs> you know, his son kind of like, you know, strife, right? Yes. Yeah, like these, these businessmen that now are, are opposing each other, there's a split. That's what it sounds like this movie may be going towards. Which I'm all for. And, you know, those Skarsgårds, they uh, they produce a lot of great talent, don't they? 
Dude, they're killing it. <laughs> they're killing got, it. So you got you got Bill Skarsgård, you got Alexander Skarsgård, you got Father Skarsgård, who just yeah. killed it in uh and Andor. Oh oh man. Oh <laughs> man, he killed it. He killed it. Stellan is Love legit. <laughs> Dude, Alexander, man. What a beast. Oh, yeah, the Northman, right? Northman, oh, butt naked fighting in the volcano. <laughs> At the end, sorry, spoilers. But, I mean, that came out last year. You should see it. Should have seen it by now. <laughs> if you haven't, go watch two jacked, shredded men fight butt-ass naked in a volcano in Iceland. It That's is all, awesome. That should have been, that should have just been the whole trailer. <laughs> the, whole, the whole trailer should have been 30 seconds. Of them just in the fire and ash of that volcano, grunting, <laughs> grunting a little like you know, a little bit intimate and all that. And it would have, I mean, I'm sure it did. What did it do at the box office? I don't. I don't think it did well at all. Really? No. No. Uh, oh no, it didn't. Sixty. So almost seventy million box office, but budget was seventy to ninety. Oh, that's what a loss, man. Yeah, they lost. Yeah, big time. What a oh man, there was such a good movie too. And what what a great director. Robert Eggers is one of the best like up and coming guys right now. Oh, when we do our next episode, which will be our favorite directors of all time, but also working directors, you know, contemporary people who are in the mix. Robert's on the list for me, baby. He's he's doing it. Oh yeah. Not- he may or may not be. I'm not going to spoil it. You're going to have to. You have to tune in. <laughs> yeah, I guess I gave away one of mine. <laughs> but the scars guards, they are on it. Bill's going to kill it in this. I think the only thing, though, the only thing is Andrew Nichol. Man, I don't pulling up his resume. Okay, the last good movie he did was Lord of War. Oh, That's yeah, what. He he is a he's not been doing great for a long time. <laughs> like it, it, it's been a week week list of films. Uh, I'm sure everyone remembers was uh, he did in time with Justin Timberlake. Um, you know, going back before then, you can really say that the only two good movies that he's directed are Lord of War and Gattaca. <laughs> Which, as we discussed, you haven't seen Gattaca. I don't know how that no, I, how no. that movie slips. Through. I don't know how that slips through the cracks, man. It's like right up your your alley. That's a uh... all right. Let me give you like a little a little sell brief synopsis. Sell it to me. Maybe that's what I'll watch tonight. Let yeah. me let me pitch it. Pitch it like you need. You're asking for. Hold on, hold on. What is the budget on that movie? Pitch it like you're asking for thirty six million dollars. <laughs> all right, all right. So you got Ethan Hawke. Who lives in a future dystopian society where, at birth, they take your genetic information and they can tell when you're going to die if you have any type of genetic defects. And so he gets a he gets a shit hand. He finds out he's going to die of some disease in his late thirties, early forties. And his entire life growing up, all he's wanted to ever do is be an astronaut. But because he has this genetic disease that's unnamed that he's going to die of in the future, he can't be an astronaut. Like his future options are limited. No one wants to hire someone. Give him a career to someone that's going to, you know, die of a disease later on. And so the movie's about in the society where everything's, you know, DNA related. People are picking up skin cells, or people are constantly testing to make sure you say who you are. It's about him 
pulling off this behind the scenes operation to try to get himself to go into space. All right, you get the green light, and uh, you get the Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see that Uma Thurman was in it, and so is that the genesis of their their relationship, both and maybe in the film, but outside, you know, they were together for yeah, an hour I, th- long. I, th- I think that is, actually. Well, damn, for that reason alone, I should actually check it out. Yeah. Danny DeVito produced that. Wow. It's a, it's a great movie. It's uh you know, in some circles, that's considered one of the better sci-fi movies ever made. You know, I'm, what I'm saying here is that Rand Paul lifted near verbatim portions of the plot summary from the English <laughs> Wikipedia entry on Gattaca in a speech at Liberty University on October 28th, 2013. So, huh. Must <laughs> Why be good. Not but, me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rand Paul, though. Huh. <laughs> Damn, that actually makes me want to watch it less, even though I've already seen it. We've <laughs> <laughs> oh, ruined man, everything, Rand Paul. <laughs> right? What the hell does that guy know? Um, no, that sounds interesting. What's he named okay. after Ayn Rand? Is that- I have no idea. I hope not. I have no idea what that guy's up to. I stopped listening to him and his father a long time ago. Um, <laughs> you watch that show, wow, okay. Davis, that's out right now? Nah, <laughs> just uh, Rand Paul made me think about this little side thing. the The main character, she's uh trying to guess a book that her mom read to her when she was a kid. And she can't remember, <laughs> and her mom was reading to her Anne Rand. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "You read this to a child." She's like, "You need to see how the world works." <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh goodness! Um. Wow, okay, so that was his first movie. He wrote and directed that. That was great. That was a great, like, this guy probably, I mean, at the time I was seven. I'm assuming that people thought this was the next up-and-coming guy. Well, I mean, he was on the money there for for a minute. Truman Show yeah, was the, excellent. Yeah he, wrote, yeah, he wrote the Truman Show after that. That was a great script. That was a great yeah. movie. It's one of my favorites, for sure. Yeah, for sure. The Terminal was awesome. I mean, it's kind of... You know, I mean, it's nothing crazy, but it's, I think it's a good story. It's an interesting premise. Tom Hanks stuck in the airport. You know, I, I love the terminal. I thought it was good. I guess he did only, it says story wise. So the screenplay was actually done by a few others, but, you know, he, he had a good idea, a good premise. So yeah. the talent is there. The, I mean, he has the innate ability to deliver on Lord of War 2. If the creative juices are channeled and they are focused on it, it could happen. But with the last couple entries on his resume, I don't know that I'm hopeful. I mean, I'm hyped, but just like baby hyped, you know? Yeah. Pequeño, just a little tiny hype right now. I'm wary. I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm afraid. Yeah, that was hard. Although I will say that uh, good kill that came out in 2014 that he made, I, I forgot I saw that one and I kind of liked it. I'm going to say that oh, was underrated. Really? I, didn't, yeah. I didn't see Good Kill. The last movie I saw that he did was The Host. We'll see what it got in Rotten Tomatoes here. Oh, oh shit. It got 75%. That's not bad. Oh, Ethan Hawke came back for that. Yeah. It had Zoe Kravitz. 
Okay. Uh, January Jones at the time. Yeah, it was. Uh, I liked it. I mean, it's a uh, it's your standard, uh, you know, Warschlock film, you know. But yeah. Huh. So, what do you think? You think um, it's gonna be good? Give oh, any man. initial indication? <laughs> I I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be one of those ones that where it's going to be a cult classic again, that Nicolas Cage will carry it with his performance. Guy's on fire right now, but I, I don't think it's going to be true. one of the critics like. Man, I hope he, I hope he knocks it out of the park. I hope it's, yeah, I hope it's good. We'll see. I, I think you're probably <laughs> going to be right. We will see. Well, I think that's well, enough. It says, uh, hey, no, no, it says here, and this is something I, I didn't realize it actually has me a little bit more excited that Cage said he was excited to return to one of his favorite roles and that he was impressed by Skarsgård's performance as Pennywise in the It movies. So it'd be Did cool it. if they really like have a good bromance and they like riff off of each other and, and it, you know. They they could both go wild. Better. <laughs> they could go hard in the paper. <laughs> yeah, both of them, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So this is filming production starts fall of this year. So probably going to hear more about it here in, in uh, the next couple of months with release in 2024. So Beetlejuice and Lord of War two both drop in next year. We'll see how they, uh, they shake out. All right. So I got, I got freaky Friday two next on the docket. And then I got, Two more movies that I want to see your reaction to when I bring them up. Because I feel like they're oh gosh, you know, right, fish, visceral reaction to. But we'll, we'll keep these quick because uh, these movies don't really have much information that are available right now. They've just kind of been announced. And the first one's going to be Freaky Friday 2, which uh, is being produced by Disney. And it's returning Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis is uh, fresh off her Oscar win for Everything Everywhere All at Once. So I don't know, do man. <laughs> this could be a case of me not being the target audience, and I respect that. But come on, do we need this movie? Uh, do we need any movie, though? I guess is the counter argument. I, feel, I don't. I, I love like Jamie Lee, man. You know me. I'm horror. I love that she killed it in these new Halloween remakes. The last one did uh, suck, but you know she killed it. She she did a great job. You know, Wait. she just got her Oscar, like you said. <laughs> so I respect her. I want to check out what she's in. But man, Lindsay Lohan, she, what's she done? And that's been good. It's, anytime, like recently, I, I she's been well, she had, off she, the. She fell off the, you know, fell off the rails. I think she had a uh, some drug dependency issues. She had uh, a lot of trauma from when she was a child actor. I think there's a lot of goodwill around her regarding people that know her, like Jamie Lee Curtis, that want to see her get her career back on the right, on the, on the right track, which I can support, you know, seeing someone uh, lift themselves back up and get back into the, get back on the saddle, you know? Yeah, so I can I, dig that for sure. So I'm curious for, for that because uh, it'd be nice to see this movie do well, see Lindsay Lohan regain her career and be a good story for a lot of young women out there to see someone that, you know, kind of fell on her face and was able to pull herself back up. Oh man. Now that you pull it just out of the story to like this redemption and real world, you know, <laughs> now you got tugging on my heartstrings a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I hope it, I hope it helps her out. I mean, I don't know if she's a good person or what she's been up to, but everyone likes a, a comeback story. So 
I can appreciate that, but I don't oh, yeah. you know the whole <laughs> body swap thing. It's it's been done. It's been done. Know? It's been done. Uh, most recently, you know, Happy Death Day did it did it well. I thought you know the horror oh, those two are good horror movies. movies I saw those. They yeah, they were good. I don't know that I have an appetite for it because those are so recent, but. You know, once again, I'm I'm probably not the target audience. This is probably for maybe uh, you know younger younger kids, teenagers, middle school, high school. Um, oh yeah, hundred percent. I'll check it out though. I'll pay my respects. It's Jamie Lee, Lindsay Lohan. I hope I hope it's good. I'll I may wait for the buzz to get some of the buzz. Figure out you know, is it worth my time? Is it not? <laughs> before I commit, but. Um, if it's decent, if it you know, if it's if it's okay, I'll, I'll pay my respects. I'll check it out. What I what I want them to do is I want Lindsay Lohan to be a mom, have her own kid, right? And then I want to see a triple body swap. I want to see grandma going to the youngest, mom going to grandma, or some some kind of order like that. You know, that would be kind of cool, actually. That, <laughs> that would be a good spin on it. That would so, be yeah. cool. I'm hoping for across, the body instead of here. just the, the <laughs> double, throw it across all three generations. Exactly. And, uh, you know, okay. I don't know if you remember. Okay. You could get me in there with that. Yeah. Especially if uh, if they're building on Freaky Friday 2 where Lindsay Lohan kind of killed it at the Battle of the Bands. I wonder if she's going to be like a famous rock star in a movie. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to play on there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're you're, uh, you're kind of reassuring me here. You're, you're giving me a little more confidence, something to look forward to. What what has she been up to? So she lately? recently just had a, a she recently just signed like a two movie Netflix deal. Uh, I forget the name of the last one that came out, but it was your your standard like romantic comedy on Netflix. And I know my parents watched it, and so I heard Is that about the it. Christmas one. Yeah. And uh, they they loved it. They're they're all excited about Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> Maybe I should, I respect their taste. Maybe I should go back and and I can't I can't believe you got them to go to see the new Halloween movie. <laughs> I did. That's right. That's probably <laughs> one of my proudest achievements. Yeah, my parents are for those who don't know are like seventy two years old and they like romantic comedies. This guy convinced them to go see the new Halloween movie. <laughs> yeah, and they're watching. They're watching him. Uh, you know, Michael Myers going hard in the paint. <laughs> yeah. to put it lightly. All right. Maybe, Next maybe week. out of respect, I should watch this Lindsay Lohan Christmas <laughs> rom com. You know, I, I should pay. Yeah, I should. You know, get even with the house here. They went saw the the horror. <laughs> I'll uh, maybe cry over some. Christmas <laughs> rom-com with some eggnog in my left hand, you know? <laughs> there you go. All right. Next on the docket, Gladiator 2. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. All right. This is probably where people are going to be like, either I respect Zach and his take on things, or like, I don't like this guy. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm not hyped for Gladiator 2. I think this is a tragedy. This should not occur. It should not go <laughs> forward. 
Ridley's attached, right? Yeah, he's directing. I love Ridley Scott, but I hate Ridley Scott. Okay, those are strong, <laughs> strong statements. And what I mean by that is Ridley Scott, I think, believes in his own bullshit, which is could be a very powerful thing when you're creative, but it could be a very detrimental, terrible thing that unravels your entire project. And that gives me pause. It gives me worry. I mean, I... I like Ridley Scott, but I don't think he has it in him right now in this point in his career to drop Gladiator 2 in a way that pays respect to the first and builds on it and is is just as good, if not better. I think it'll just be an inferior movie at this point. Now, why do I say that? Do I have any insider information about the movie or the plot or anything? No, I'm completely speculating. I'm talking out of my ass, but... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, man. I, no, I, th- I think that's I, th- I think that's a fair assessment. So, yeah, I read quite a bit about this. Um, you know, for those of you wondering, no, uh, Russell Crowe will not be in it. He's dead for the first one. This is um, if you remember his uh, the Emperor's sister, her kid. It's going to be taking place around him coming into an age where he can come into power and his rivals. And there's a lot of interesting. Uh, casting choices in it. So we're going to have Pedro Pascal, uh, Denzel Washington, and I'm going to mess up this name, but uh, Barry Keoghan, is that how you say it? I thought it was Keegan. I Barry Keegan, that makes sense. Yeah, I totally the Irishman. Yeah. It's, so it's got a really good cast. What's really interesting is, I don't know about you, but when I see, I always look at the writers for the movie. And this is being written by David Scarpa, who hasn't really had any credits in about three or four years. But I noticed that he's got three upcoming movies. And he's got Gladiator 2, the Ridley Scott movie. Then he's got Napoleon, same director. And he's also got Cleopatra, which is uh, Dennis Villanueva. It's a new movie coming out. It's, excuse me, it's... Denis Villeneuve, Denis, you, all right? Denis Villeneuve. You know, Denis you're okay. Villeneuve. You're lucky I got, the, you're lucky I got even like 75% of it, right? <laughs> I give you 40% at best. <laughs> Not only know because I had to look him up on uh, Denis, well, I mean, Villeneuve. I knew Denis of Villeneuve. him and all that, but he, no, he got on Colbert, I think it was, and he like gave a tutorial on how to say his name. It's Denny, so no Denny? like S on the end. Denny, like Denny, Denny's, you know, pancakes. Yeah, Denny's Grand like Slam, Denny's. you know. So Denny, Denny, and then Villeneuve, Villeneuve, Denny Villeneuve. Yeah, I get. I, I mean, that's what I remember of the tutorial he gave. <laughs> I could be messing it up. So all right. Well, pitchforks, keep them in the shed, please. David Scarpa is writing the new script to Cleopatra for Denny Villeneuve. Is that what he's doing? He's doing Cleopatra? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's going to be awesome. I'm hyped for that. So so this writer, he's, he hasn't done anything in a long time, but he's just been working on these three scripts for years now. And they're all kind of, you know, they're historical biopics and, you know, epic films. So... I maybe the story will be good. Maybe this guy has just been so deep in this era or like this style of uh, of writing that we're going to get some really good stories here. Yeah, and I, well, I mean, okay, let's pull up Ridley Scott, okay? And like I said earlier, I love him, 
but I hate him. And I think <laughs> what I mean by that is like he'll release a banger and then he'll release a movie where I'm just like, dude, what what's going on? Like, wh- why? Why am I watching this? So last movie, House of Gucci, that kind of falls <laughs> in that category for me of just like, nah. Yeah, I mean, is it like a, a technically bad film? No, but is it a story that really moved me and had me interested? No, I mean, I wasn't about it. Last Duel, I liked The Last Duel. I yeah, thought I it was very well done. Um, all the Money in the World, eh, I thought it was eh. Same writer as Gladiator 2, by the way. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, Alien Covenant, I loved I was about it. The Martian. I loved Martian. I liked it, but I was pissed because I read the book and they made some changes that politically I was not okay with. I'll maybe save that for another episode, but it was, I was pissed. So we have this alternate that's happening, right? We got House yeah. Gucci. No. Last Duel. Yes. All the money in the world. No. Alien Covenant. Yes. The Martian. No. Exodus, Gods and Kings. Yes, I liked Exodus. I didn't like it, but it keeps the alternate. The same you know, thing. the counselor. <laughs> no, Prometheus. Oh, it's a hard no. It's a hard no. Yeah, hard no. Prometheus. Where, where's the trash yes. can? I will throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Prometheus was great. Um, Robin Hood. No, Body of Lies. No. So that now wait, we're, wait, we had to go. Wait, what? Know, I thought I thought you're a Leo fan here. I'm a Leo fan. I'm not a shitty movie fan. (laughs) Come on, man. Even Leo can pick some stuff. It was meh, dude. Body Lies was meh. I I was in bed. Then American Gangster, fantastic. And now we're already back. We're already back. What was that? 2007. Almost 20 years. All right. I, I I think you make a good case. All right. So Gladiator 2. Might be shit, especially if Napoleon comes out first, if we're keeping the alternate. Yeah, Napoleon, I think it's going to be great, man. I think, okay, we got Joaquin Phoenix in there. He just does good work. That's all he does. That's We're going to talk about Napoleon on, what, part two of 2023's yeah, yeah, that's our, films, That's right? a spoiler, yeah, right there, part two. Yeah, so part two's coming. Napoleon, yeah, and oh, if I, he follows the rhythm here, Napoleon's going to be great, and if Gladiator 2's next... It's gonna be dog shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna piss you off with this last movie I chose. <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting. waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting. I almost don't want to say it. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> all the emotions that are flowing through me. Oh. All right. For all those look, listen here, folks. Take a seat. I'm gonna tell you something. Important. I feel like you know those memes with the the old grandpa. <laughs> Sit down, child. Let me, let me tell learn you something. something. Let me learn you something. Yeah, the Planet of the Apes trilogy, the new one with Matt Reeves helming the second and the third, is, and I'm going to say it, one of the greatest trilogies in the history of film. I put it right up there with Lord of the Rings. Godfather, trilogy. I mean, God, the third movie sucked, but the first two are so good that it elevates the trilogy as a whole. The original oh, yeah. Star Wars, you know, Indiana Jones, these, the uh, the Matrix, and maybe on the second half of that list, but Planet of the Apes, man, 
modern contemporary Planet of the Apes, they are up there as some of the best films trilogy out there. I mean, I loved Dawn. I loved <laughs> War. You know, it did such a good job of making me root against my species, against these people <laughs> who have run, you know, civilization, who I'm a product of, we, us, you know, and instead of rooting for us, we, I'm rooting for them, the apes, you know, they are expressing emotions and complex, you know, thoughts and, and feelings and dealing with issues in those films that they, by the end of it, become more human than humans are. They are taking up the mantle of what we think the best parts of humanity are. They are embodying by the end of that trilogy. So I love those films. I have no idea what the hell to think about Kingdom. Uh, who's involved? I, I don't well, know. I, well, I, got, I, got, I got two thoughts real quick about what you said. It's no longer a trilogy. <laughs> this is a Trek sequel. <laughs> oh god well hold on the original star wars trilogy I'm just I our time. There. <laughs> come on come on uh and no this is um this is directed by what was his name i'm gonna say i think it's west ball who his claim to fame is the maze runner trilogy oh whoa ooh. <laughs> not oh, ideal. No. <laughs> not ideal at all. Maze Runner? What? <laughs> yeah. You're terrible. Yeah, he did uh yeah, he did the Maze Maze Runner trilogy. Those were his only three films. Oh god. Why'd you have to tell me this? <laughs> I figured we we'd end with a massacred my boy. <laughs> Godfather, come on, <laughs> man. My boy. <laughs> Gosh. Oh. Eight. All right. I'm gonna hold out hope. But West Ball better come correct. I'm going to send him a strongly worded letter if he does not. <laughs> oh, and he'll yeah. read it because he's only made shitty Maze Runner movies. He has no fan club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, West Ball, if you're listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, someone talked about me. <laughs> right. Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> I think that's a... I know. I knew that would uh, that would get that would rile you up a bit. <laughs> oh, you got me worked up. There's emotion in that. There's a lot of emotion in that. So what is that? It is that the last There's, surprise that's just, sequel? That's the last surprise sequel for this time. Damn. All right, we covered some good ground. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, okay. So out of all of those, our parting words. So. You know, we got Freaky Friday 2, Gladiator 2, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. And I, I think my parting word is that it, that we're getting a lot of sequels for old movies. <laughs> like, like, these aren't like, uh, you know, same for uh, Planet of the Apes, which the tril that trilogy just recently ended. Yeah, Gladiator 2. Gladiator came out, what, 1999? Freaky Friday came out in the 2000s. Lord of War Two came out two thousand five. Beetlejuice Two came out like thirty years ago. You know, like these are they're playing to that Gen X audience. Oh man, when you say it like that, it makes me depressed. It makes me feel like Hollywood <laughs> has nothing left in the tank. You know, going back and they're tapping the into these properties, which they've been doing with all kinds of stuff, of course. But 
but the, me, my parting thoughts after this discussion, I mean, I'm optimistic, but when you put it that way, maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe it, I'm a fool to be optimistic. I think uh, I think we can expect like a 50% rate here. I think half of these are going to be happy they're made. And All right, so which ones do you think are going to be good? I think Beetlejuice 2 and Lord of War 2 will be good. Uh, I agree. I think Freaky Friday 2... I don't think I'll like it. Um, Gladiator 2, Napoleon's going to take the alternate. So Napoleon's going to be good. Gladiator 2 is going to be terrible. Um, yeah, I don't know. Kingdom, man, I'll see it because I love, you know, I'm preaching about the the three recent films, but West Ball, Maze Runner, probably not. Probably not going to be good. They're probably, yeah, probably just trying not. to milk the franchise, like <laughs> you're think, saying. I think it's being milked there. Yeah, because there's so many directors that they could have gotten, you know? Yeah, for the sure. The Maze Runner guy? Unless yeah, maybe that's a great idea. I don't know. Maybe he does. Can't write <laughs> him off. He's the Maze Runner guy until he does it differently. That's who he is. All right, man. With that being said, thank you all for uh, tuning in, listening to our shenanigans, and hopefully I'm getting 50 to 75 bucks here on Beetlejuice 2. Well, time will tell. Only 18 months. <laughs> Only 18 months and a lot of episodes in between, right? <laughs> no. You're going to be reminded to be hardcore if that movie gets closer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's it. All right, thanks everyone.